104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Well, here we are on a Saturday. Yeah, that's right, in case you're thinking it's Sunday. It's not. It's Saturday. We're... Getting set for the Chiefs and the Chicago Bears coming up from Chicago. Soldier Field kickoff of that game a little bit afternoon. Pre-game is coming up at 11 o'clock with Mitch Holtis, Dan Israel, Danon Hughes, and Art Haynes. But until then, you got us, the B-team, Joe Weston, Ned Reynolds, and Josh Roberts. Ned, how are you today? This is the pre-pre-game show. Yes. This is the Ozarks pre-game pre- show. <laughs> Ozarks pre we're, we're your pre-party show. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, so, sun's out, beautiful day. It's relatively cool. There is football on the agenda. It, it, it's really an exciting time of the year because we have championship baseball races in, in progress as well. But the fact that it's the first football exhibition games with the college games starting in just a couple of weeks. That's really a lot of anticipation now. Yeah, it's a great time of year. Josh, how are you today? I'm doing great. I told Ned right before we went on the air that I've turned him into a, a verb. <laughs> We're going to net it up today. We're going to net it up. Let's start out with a sad story that's developing right now in the Chief's kingdom, and that is, uh, I'll let Ned tell you the story. Yeah, it's Lenny Dawson. He's been placed in hospice, which is obviously not a very good thing. His wife... Made the announcement earlier this morning, uh, Lenny's 87, uh, had for, if I can throw a personal note in here, he was the longest running or longest active sports announcer in the state of Missouri. Nice. I was second, right oh, behind Oh, look him. at you. Well, that's that was, uh, I used to kid him about it, and he would say, you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but Lenny has been battling illness uh, for uh, for quite some time, and apparently now, I, I must admit, I don't know what the nature of it is, but obviously it's not very good if he's being placed in hospice. Or we just wish the very best and offer our most profound prayers. Yep, exactly. Josh, you've got a uh, Lynn Dawson story. Would you like to share that with I us? I do. I'll share it real quick. So my mother uh, in the 70s owned a children's clothing store, and so they would go to a banquet-type thing called, she called it market, where you'd go and buy clothing, and they had a big party and everything and she was at that and she was asked to dance by this gentleman and so she's dancing with this guy and he says you don't know who I am do you and she goes no and he says well I'm Lynn Dawson I'm the quarterback for the the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and she goes oh my husband and kids would love that <laughs> <laughs> and he was super nice super polite so well he always was a gentleman uh, he he conducted himself his his demeanor in public was that of a consummate professional. Oh, yeah. Never lost his cool. Never lost it on the football field. I'll not forget, gosh, the game between the Oakland Raiders and the Chiefs, and this would have been back around 1969 or 70, somewhere around there, in which Lenny threw a little flatback. Great game. It's back and forth. The game's in Kansas City. Threw a little flat pass to Otis Taylor. And uh, let's see, no, let me reconstruct this. No, it was Lenny. Lenny, it was an option, and he kept the ball and went around the end and got knocked out of bounds and then got pummeled Ooh. by one of those big Raiders linemen. May have been, uh, well, not going to damn anybody because I don't remember. But immediately upon that happening, Otis Taylor comes running up to his defense, and I mean, it is the most violent brawl. I think uh, this was the real thing. There wasn't pushing and shoving. There oh, yeah. was swinging and... Helmets were taken off, and it was it was a very big deal. And then, 
<laughs> this was a cause celeb because finally when everything was straightened out, they issued the penalties and put the ball back to the original line of scrimmage. They penalized both teams. <laughs> How on earth you could do that, I'll never tell you, but that's what they did. So we have our first preseason game. It, the preseason's been going on, but this will be the first Chiefs preseason game, and they'll be taking on the Chicago Bears. Again, the kickoff for that is at noon. What do you expect to see from the Chiefs today, Ned? I think we'll see these the starters in there for, in, in Mahomes' case, probably maybe maybe a couple of sets uh, because I think that Andy Reid, I'm judging from what I read out of training camp, might be a little bit and I don't, concerned is, is far too strong a word to put into this case, but he may be a little bit dubious about the three receivers who they have, none of whom, of course, is Tyreek Hill. You have three new receivers. They're all good. But is there timing there? Sure, it is 7-on-7 seven seven in practice. That's fine. What is it going to be like in a game? Well, they'll be playing games, and you'll see uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and you'll see uh, Scantling in there. And uh, Josh Gordon. I, Josh Gordon's the one with the bubble right now. Uh, I don't view uh, McCole Hardman as being on the bubble, but uh, Gordon, I do. Uh, here's a guy who's been around. He's in his 30s now, still trying to hang on. And the Chiefs, they're putting a lot of stock in him. Yeah. What he does in this game, and I think he'll see a lot of action. I think Mahomes will be in there for a while. Offensive line, probably pretty good. I really want to see how Karloftis plays on defense when he is in there. And I think he'll be in there quite a bit. What do you think we'll see today, Josh? Well, I think I think we'll see the starters for a short amount of time. And then you're going to see a lot of... of uh, Guys trying real hard to get a spot on this team. And I, I want to I want to see what Ned was just talking about. I want to see their wide receivers and see how they're doing. I want to see Carl Loftus. I want to see Dunlap. I want to see how that defensive line gels together and meshes together. And I want to see how they're how they're gonna do. Uh you you know, you're talking about Josh Gordon. He's listed as third on the depth chart behind um Sky Moore Schuster and somebody else. So it's going to be interesting. He's got a lot to prove this year, I think, because they brought in players that are similar in stature to him and younger so that theoretically they've got more ability. So he may be on, like you said, he's definitely on the bubble. He's got to, he's got to prove that he belongs on that team, now, I think. That's why I think these exhibition games are extremely important in his case because, oh, yeah. they, as Joe just mentioned, Sky Moore is a very highly regarded yep. rookie out of the Central Michigan age that Chippewa was in Central Michigan, and he's come in and flashed some great speed. Again, it's in practice. Right. So well, that's the beauty of it. The, this gives these guys an opportunity to get some game speed. To Even if it's not for a long time, it gives them that idea of how fast, how much faster the game is than in practice. And so then they can start to sure. you know, get ready for that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to see the starters for very much of this game, but... Hopefully they make a pretty big impact, and then we go on. Aren't we all on the bubble a little bit? <laughs> oh, really? Sure. Yeah, we're all kind of day-to-day to day and on the bubble. You're listening to Ned Talk. It's your local live sports talk show right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the AFC West champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, first game of the season. Well, it's less than two hours away as they take on the Chicago Bears from Soldier Field this afternoon. We are, as Ned said, your pre-pre-game show. What are you uh, focused in on, Ned? I, I'll tell you right up front. I'm focused in on this uh, running back situation that the Chiefs have because I you were talking about Andy Reid not being 
sold on the wide receivers. I know he's not sold on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He I is mean. not. Uh, I think Edwards Hilaire will probably get the start, but I also think you're going to see Pacheco in there. He may, uh, he's the number one returner, but he's also a terrific running threat as well. There are others who are vying for a place on that team. Edwards Hilaire is going to have to show some real solid motivation to earn a place on this team. I think he does get the start, and I think he'll run really hard. But he is also an interest, uh, an individual on whom to, to focus. I'm going to look a little bit more at the defense, though. I want to see how the defensive team plays, especially the revamped backfield that they have and that the line. Because you'll see a little bit of, of Clark in there and a little bit of Jones. But you'll see some of the others. Dunlop, who you just mentioned, he'll get plenty of time in there, as will Karloftis. And how these guys play, what they show in the game, how they react to circumstances especially in Karloftis' case, that he's not accustomed to. He's coming over from college. Now, Dunlop's been around. Heck, he's, mm-hmm. he's been in the pros for years. But in Karloftis' case, this ain't Purdue, boys. This is this is the big deal. Right. And uh, how he reacts and how the defensive backs, and there are several new ones in there, key individuals who are being looked upon to uh, take Honey Badger's place. And you know, it, it's, it's just still a work in progress. Do you read anything into... Little changes that are going on in the depth charts all preseason or all leading up to the preseason. Karlofkas has been in that number one spot, but as we head to this first game, Mike Dana has supplanted him. So, and you've said all along, Ned, that you didn't think Karlofkas would start. And I don't think he will today either. Karloftis, interestingly enough, is an outstanding player, he's all America, but he is not overly huge. And I, this doesn't even enter into it. I'm not sure he's an American citizen either. He was born in Greece and uh, was in the nation of Greece until he was 13 years old when, when he moved over to this country. Now, he's a multi-sport athlete, tremendous uh, swimmer, uh, great track and field, soccer. He's very good at soccer, but he is also big. Now, he is not overly big. He's 275 pounds and a defensive end. That is, that's not too huge. He probably does have a lot of quickness. In the Big Ten Conference, the guy was really salty. A very good player for an average Purdue team. Therein lies, I think, the key because the defenses were built around him at Purdue. They're not going to be built around him with the Chiefs. And how he reacts to that, what he's able to do at defensive end, he may not end up at defensive end. He may end up somewhere else. Uh, this, again, is going to be all according to how he is judged in practice and so forth. I think guy's a good player, but we'll see what happens because those two defensive ends that they have in there, Clark, if he's if he wants to play, yeah. and Chris Jones are, uh, are very solid players. What do you think, Josh? Well, the two things that you mentioned are the two things that I always like to watch with football. I like to see good running backs. I like to see good defense. So that's what I'm looking forward to. The running back situation, I've been very vocal about how I don't think they should have even kept Clyde Edwards Lair. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to the other guys getting some reps and seeing how they do. Uh, you know, the Karloftis thing is interesting because I think it might be a good thing for a defense not to be built around him. That may free him up to do to just go crazy, get aggressive, get around the end. And 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 his size may work to his advantage in that sense, because if he's got the quickness. 275 is a good size, and if he's fast as a defensive end, he may be able to rush the quarterback, which is what the Chiefs have been lacking. But, Josh, it it takes time to develop those techniques. Oh, yeah, of course. And he isn't there yet, I'm quite sure. 
Do you think the uh, Chiefs will start out in the same defensive scheme that they started it out in last year, or they will go to what they went to midway through the season? Hard to say. Very hard to say. Chicago Bears, who they're playing today, are they, they, the Bears have a pretty good team, but they're not a great team. And I was talking to a fellow who's doing podcasts about all the NFL teams, and he had done the Bears. And he said, uh, hey, you Bears fans, don't get your hopes up because this team has a lot of a lot of failure involved in it. Now, Justin Fields is not one of them. He's a pretty good quarterback. But in terms of their defensive scheme, their average, their offensive line's pretty good. But you have to have component parts that are real good. Now, can the Chiefs feel that they've been tested against a team like that? That's why I think today's game is pretty interesting. We'll see how... The scrubbinis who are going to be in there for much of the game, how they play against a ball club like this. Don't you think that that's the uh, Bears team motto, though? Bears <laughs> fan, don't get your hopes up this season. <laughs> Ever since 1985. So what do you think, uh, Ned? They've got four quarterbacks right now on the roster. Obviously, they're not going to keep four quarterbacks. But what do you think the reason for that is who's they the chiefs the, the chiefs yes oh i think probably just to create some competition it'll be mahomes and henny they'll be the uh, the two key uh, qbs and they're and they'll put another one probably on the taxi squad just in case god forbid something happens but yeah it, it's it's just a hedge against some bad luck somewhere along the line no they won't keep any four of them in fact they're living well if they keep three of them do you think they'll keep three they had shane bushell on the season on the uh, roster towards the end of the season. And I liked him, too. I thought Bushell did a really, really nice job. Texas kid who ended up at Southern Methodist, he could really throw. Tremendous arm. Uh, his dad played Major League Baseball. He kind of like Mahomes in a way. He had uh, the, the sport ingrained in his, in his being, and I thought he showed a lot of promise. But he hasn't been able to excel in the camp, or at least according to the Chiefs, he has not been. He may be the uh, he may be the third stringer who they keep there. It, uh, uh, there's a lot of dependencies, Joe. You, you really can't make a prediction. Is there a player in particular that may not be a household name for Chiefs fans that you think people should be watching today? <sighs> better, uh, better to say that after the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I. Josh Gordon is the focal point, in my opinion, because he's on the bubble of making the team. Josh Gordon was a tremendous player uh, when he was healthy, and I'm making the term healthy in terms of his physical well-being, not relating football at all, if you get my drift. And he allegedly has recovered from all those problems that he had. The guy has not played uh, for several years on a consistent basis, so from a physical standpoint, he should be pretty doggone healthy. If he is and he can achieve what he was able to do in his college days and in his pro days, early pro days, yeah, he would be a big help. But that is a major if. And do you do you cast your fortunes on somebody who falls into that category? What about you, Josh? Anybody you're watching? No, I, no, not at this point. <laughs> I mean, I'm more interested in, in the guys that I know. At this point, I mean, I, I, it'll be interesting to, to watch the game to see if somebody does st stand out after this one. But um, I don't know. I The whole Josh Gordon thing, I don't know what to expect with that guy. He's he's kind of a fruit loop. So <laughs> I hope that he has kind of I hope he's bought into the whole Chiefs thing and realizes he's got a great opportunity here. Because like you said, Ned, there's he's got to be healthy physically at this point. So it just all depends on his mental state.
did a great job being a distraction last year. And I mean that on the field because a lot of Chiefs route running is predicated on getting somebody else open mm-hmm. with your route. And he seemed to really buy into that part of it. So I'm pulling for Josh Gordon. I'm interested to see Sky Moore in, in NFL, semi-NFL action. And I'm really interested to watch the uh, three running backs that are behind Clyde Edward Hilaire, especially uh, Ronald Jones, who came over from the Buccaneers, and see if maybe he's going yeah. to be the answer to the Chiefs' problem at running back. He may, he may, he's another one who's on the bubble. He may not make the yep. team. He may be traded, as a matter of fact. When we come back, we'll talk about apologies. Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Chiefs pregame show starts in 20, 33 minutes, and then we'll have the kickoff little afternoon today right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the AFC West champions, the Kansas City Chiefs right here in the Ozarks. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Reynolds and Josh Roberts. We're talking sports, and yesterday was the day for a couple of major guys to make mea culpas, or at least try to make mea culpas. Who do you want to start with, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. or Deshaun Watson? Well, they're both low on the IQ scale in my opinion. <laughs> oh, oh. Tell us how you read it. Honestly. Oh, wait, no, don't. Honestly. Goodness. In Deshaun Watson's case, he did issue an apology. The uh, the incidents occurred a year and a half to two years ago, and now he is issuing the apology. Sorry. Sorry. Read, read into that. And in Tatis' case, what on earth? Hey, Fernando, how about G-R-O-W-U-P? Grow the hell up. I love it when My he spells. Goodness. I love it, too. The yeah. emphasis. I mean, come on. Look, no, I, here's a guy making zillions of dollars. He is a key member of their team, and he's he alleges it was for ringworm. I didn't even know that existed anymore. Let's only start with in, Tatis. Only third world countries. <laughs> yeah, let's start with Tatis then, since we're on that. Ringworm is what he says. He says he took a medication that helped with ringworm, but it had a performance-enhancing drug in it. Do you call BS on that or not? Well, who was it helping? The ringworm or was it helping him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come on. This is ridiculous. Uh, yes, and I think the general manager, while he didn't come right out and say this is uh, BS, I think he hinted at that in saying that's what's alleged to be, but we're going to play by the rules, and he's going to be suspended for 80 games. 80 games carries over into next year, folks, and it also includes the World Baseball Championship. This is another that it happens every four years. And it's during the spring training season. The players are playing for their home country. Well, he can't. He can't play for the Dominican Republic now. He's out. And this is a guy. And maybe I'm reading into this wrong. But uh, when the players, when the San Diego Padres were told about this yesterday, the media came in, interviewed some of the players. Their statements, and again, it's my interpretation, did not really indicate to me that the guy's going to be sorely missed. Yes, his talents will. But as an individual, hey, God's got to pay the price for it. Whereas in other cases, you know, oh, my God, this is terrible. You know, what? Right. He's, he's been a victim of all this, and there wasn't any of that at all. That leads me to believe that he may not be Mr. Overwhelmingly Popular on that team. 
I thought it was perhaps too many blizzards that he had. <laughs> perhaps. Too blizzards? I thought it was interesting what the uh what the general manager said about it, that they were hoping for more maturity out of him and that obviously they didn't get it and that it was something they were going to have to take a deep dive into. All right, keep in mind, he hasn't played at all this year. Yeah. Why has he not played? Because in spring training, he had a motorcycle accident and broke his wrist. What on earth? You're a professional athlete. What are you doing? Come on, man. Grow well, up. He was obviously riding that motorcycle to try to avoid getting ringworm. <laughs> <laughs> ringworm was chasing him, and he was trying to get away from it. And right. And then he wrecked his motorcycle. That's how he got ringworm, apparently. This is I, this is just yeah. this is so absurd. Here's my thing. Okay, you're a professional athlete. You're in a sport that is that you know is governed by these rules and they have no tolerance for this performance enhancing drug policy. You should read the you should read the ingredients on everything you put in your body before you put it in of your course. body. Of course. If you had ringworm, there are probably other ways to get rid of it besides the steroid containing drug that you used or whatever the performance enhancing drug was that was in it. I assume it was probably a steroid because I can't imagine what else you would use to get rid of something like ringworm. But come on, that's where the maturity level needs to come in. You have a responsibility to yourself and to your teammates to be there, especially when you're as talented as he is. And so you need to be keenly aware of these potential situations that could put you in, in this Suspension And Josh, to enhance on that, you tell somebody immediately that yeah. you are taking medication, that this is a problem I have, this is what I've been prescribed to take, and so forth and so on. Yeah, right away. Don't wait until the end. Plus, these guys have Jeez. access to the best health care, the best training, the best nutritionists in the world. There's no reason that any of them should ever have ringworm. Wait. You said wait till the end. Wait till you get caught. I think it's the appropriate term to use in that. In this case, it is, yes. All right, let's turn to the other guy that made an apology yesterday, and that was Deshaun Watson. I mean, you know, you, you hit it on the head, Ned. It's been, you know, a year and a half, two years, and the guy finally apologizes. I realize that he is going through some legal entanglements, and uh, his lawyer, Rusty, won't allow him to apologize for things because it does indicate that he has some form of guilt, but he has remained completely silent on this throughout the entire process. And now that the eight-game suspension has been handed down and the NFL wants it to be a year-long suspension, and now he apologizes. It's, it's six games. It's six games, sorry. Six games, and if it, if it does turn out to be eight I think the National Football League accepts that because that's what, two more games. He still is going to play half the season. <clears throat> Excuse me. They will accept a six to eight game, six, seven, eight, whatever it does. It's the year suspension that the NFL wants. Yes. Or more. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you take it? What's the optic here? Well, the NFL is, <laughs> is, is reacting to public outcry just exactly what the Honorable Sue Robinson, the initial arbitrator in this case said when she handed down her decision said the national football league has a tendency to react and impose their penalties because of public outcry they're reacting to that that's not going to happen with my decision i'm going to go on the facts therefore she issued a six-game suspension up oh, not enough so the nfl comes back and now what are they doing it's the public outcry the women's groups across the country and i understand that yeah they're very upset at all this the nfl says we can't afford to have the women upset so let's let's 
push for a year suspension. And the man who is hearing the case happens to be uh, Commissioner Goodell's very close personal friend, former Attorney General of New Jersey, sits on the punishment committee of the NFL. Are you getting a fair decision out of this? No, 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 no. This is going to end up going to a a federal court, just like we said last week. Which is exactly what will happen. So can he play? Have we found out anything about that in the interim week? Yes. Yeah, to my knowledge, he can. If if the appeal is being heard and no decision has been made, of course, the six-game suspension, that is in concrete. He would have to sit out the first six games. That's that's there. It's a length of that. So that part of it is, that's judicial. So he would miss the six games, first six games. And then if there's no decision forthcoming, to my knowledge, he can come back and play. He played last night in the preseason games, but they don't count. That's, that's well, I was about to ask if those counted because no, they should have just no. set him out for the three preseason games. No, they no. And the fact yeah. that he is playing in those games, and he, he played, I think, one set and went one for five or something like that, yeah. didn't have a very good game. The fact that he is playing leads me to believe that maybe – Maybe somewhere in the inner workings, the Cleveland Browns have some inside information on that. that and that's my conspiratorial theory. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk a little more about what's going on in baseball and some of the other sports on Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Just playing my favorite game, guessing who's going to be on the on-media commercial on TV. I got it wrong. (laughs) Joe Weston. Josh Roberts, Ned Reynolds, Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show. Here's the recap for you. We're 19 minutes away from the start of the official Chiefs pregame show. That is hosted by Dana Hughes, Dan Israel, Art Haynes, Mitch Holtis. Kickoff at noon from Soldier Field in Chicago. Have you ever seen Soldier Field in Chicago? Uh, for a college all-star game way back, uh, way, way back in the 1970s. Yes. It looks like a flying, since they redid it, looks like a flying saucer landed inside of an old stadium is what it looks now, that's like. That's not now. how it looked when I was there. Yeah. But so it added on to the top of it. It is, a, it's a, a great old place, historic, dates back to the, well, the 1920s. They had great headbands for the Dempsey Tunney long, long count fight. I think that's where it was held, not Chicago Stadium. But hey, Soldier Field, they've had great, great events there. Notre Dame was supposed to play there last year, and the game got moved because of COVID. So I think the game has been rescheduled for next year, and they're playing Wisconsin. Oh, now wow. that will bring down a full house, folks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame itself is is only what 25, 30 miles from Soldier Field. Anyway, kickoff for that game begins noon, right afternoon this afternoon, and it's our first Chiefs broadcast of the season. I'm excited to hear some football on the radio. I hope you guys are going to stick with us all day long for the Chiefs pregame, Chiefs postgame, Chiefs game. It's all right here in 104.7 The Cave, your home for the AFC West champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, right here in southwest Missouri. Let's talk about some of the other big storylines that are happening in football right now. Is there anything that's really sticking out to you, Ned? I think probably the Deshaun Watson case is, is the one that 
is commanding most of the headlines and what eventually is going to happen with his suspension. Yeah, there's a lot of debate one way or the other, but that's probably the key story right now, other than the games themselves, the exhibition games, and of course everybody's playing them. There will be a couple more, well, the Chiefs game today and a couple more today. Then the Chiefs play again next Saturday, only it's later in the afternoon, and this will be at Arrowhead, and that'll be a 3 o'clock kickoff, so we'll be on at 1 for that. But other than that, no, nothing in the nothing in the football thing that is really sticking out other than that possible suspension. Baseball is the one that's really creating most of the headlines and, of course, the ongoing argument between the PGA and the Live Tour. Yeah, I, I that's something I want to touch base on because we started to talk about it last week. Let's go ahead and talk about that right now. What's the latest with all of that now? Well, it, nothing right now because the uh, the Live Tour has filed an antitrust lawsuit and antitrust lawsuits are going to take forever and ever and ever to uh, adjudicate and may never as far as that's concerned. But they did have three of the live golfers. Now, keep in mind, the PGA Tour began, this is the end of the season, and they're playing their three playoff rounds now. And the winner of this playoff, the individual winner, gets $15 million. There are three players on the live tour who want it back. The other, the others who've defected, ah, we've got not enough money. The three, now, wait a minute, you want to come back on the tour to compete? So they filed a restraining order out in San Francisco and the judge heard it on Tuesday, Tuesday of this week. Tournament started on Thursday, so they had to make a very quick decision. And that decision was Niet. You're not playing. You knew the rules ahead of time. PGA said, <clears throat> you jump and you're suspended. That's clear-cut, guys. Don't look for some kind of judicial allowance here. You guys are not playing. So the individuals who are going now for the grand prize, and it's most of the golfers, are uh, now eligible for that $15 million first prize. Wow. What do you think, Josh? So uh, here's my first question. So is the PGA being so aggressive against this other tour because they feel like this other tour can beat them in money? Yes, that's exactly what it is. So they this, can... is this is about money. The PGA is obviously more established. The PGA is on all the networks. They've got all these long-term contracts with the networks. But they're still afraid of the money that this live tour has. Oh, of course. It's and 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 who is supplying the money? There's the big right. argument. It's Saudi Arabia, and they're not exactly the the kings of worldly behavior. And therein lies the the key of, to the argument. Hey, these people, the human rights, their last place, gang, last place on the list of countries in the world yeah. as far as human rights. Do you, you want to take their money? Kind of. What kind of people are you? Are you anti-American? Well, I don't really think that's the the factor involved with these other players. The fact that they're being guaranteed money. My yeah. problem with it, and I don't really have a dog in the hunt. It doesn't make any difference to me. But uh, the the lack of competition. You're going to get money regardless of how you do. Regardless, that's the, right. the understanding. What kind of a what kind of a tournament is that? It's exhibition, is what it is, and a shotgun start for a pro tournament. You've got to be kidding me! Oh, that's what they do is a mm -hmm. shotgun start, right? So everybody's playing all at once. They are. It's fifty-four holes, not seventy-two. Fifty-four, and yes, the winner gets a lot of money, but everybody else does too. Now, what kind of competition is this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sounds like the kind I want to be involved in, but <laughs> they won't let me. They, I, I turned down the Saudi money. I got you. Yeah, they I, called I stay me away from Saudi money. Too. They called me and they said, "Hey, would you like to play?" And I said, "No, no, not going to do it." Well, no, the Tiger gonna... Woods did, and they offered him an alleged 
700 to 900 million dollars wow but again this is tiger woods he does not need that no he doesn't need so it the all. people that have defected is it more of the second and third tier players not, that maybe no. weren't getting the big no. prize money Bry- bryson de chambeau is, oh, he's is one? one he's one of wow. them sure and brooks kepka uh the, these are big winners yeah those are big names those are names i even know phil mickelson of course phil mickelson is way beyond his prime now yeah but he, he's another one. But he's a big draw for that tournament. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, they ha- I don't know when they play again, maybe next week or something like that. But they're, they're only this year. I think they're eight. And next year, there will be 14 tournaments. The Lid people are still in a work in progress. It's the philosophical approach that's a big problem. Sure. Don't you think that this is the very definition, though, of antitrust on the other side? Let's say the Live Tour, the money was supplied by uh, some wholesome American and everything was going swimmingly on that side. Don't you think that just looking at this, it, it, this is defined antitrust? Joe, I don't know. I think I it do does. I do not know. There, there are antitrust in, uh, violations involved here, but then again, the PGA makes their own rules. They can do whatever they want. Does it fall into the antitrust? No, we got to get a, an attorney on here to figure yeah. this out. Well, I think it does. You know, Major League Baseball has a special exemption to antitrust, which gets threatened every few years by Congress if they don't do the things that they need to do to keep that exemption up. But it, it you know, this to me, it smells of monopoly. Well, the PGA is a monopoly. Yep. When you take a look at it, there's, there's nobody else out there. What, the Corn Ferry Tour, well, they, they work with the PGA. And, uh, you know, it... it, it, it can fall into that category, but Joe, my point on this though is to try to prove something like that is going to take years and years, and the litigation will be so boring. No, I I can't see it ever coming to a head. What do you think about baseball? What's going on right now? Let's talk about the Cardinals. They're doing really well, first place. They are. They're playing. They are playing very well. I was a little bothered by the fact they went out to Colorado and played the Rockies and lost two out of three out there. The Rockies are not very good at all, but they can hit. And especially at home, they can hit. And they did. What was it, 16-5 to five and 8-6 oh, to wow. six that they beat the Cardinals? Cardinals came back and won the one game. But now they're home, and the Cardinals have a terrific home record and are playing well, beat the Brewers last night. If they beat the Brewers in all three games this weekend in St. Louis, then the Cardinals would be uh, three-and-a-half games, three-and-a-half games in front. I'm of the opinion, and it may, I may turn out to be skewed on this, but I'm of the opinion that the National League Central Division winner will be the only playoff representative. I don't think they'll have a wildcard team from that division. All the other divisions have solid wildcard teams with great records. Philadelphia playing so very well in the National League East. The uh, Western has the San Diego Padres chasing the, the uh, Dodgers. Uh, it, it's it's just a, a situation in which the level of talent is imbalanced. And I do think that, I, I think the Cardinals probably win this thing. I think they're better than Milwaukee by a long shot and play more consistent baseball. The Cardinals have done themselves pretty well now. They're, they're a, a team that has improved with the pitching, and that makes, in my opinion, the big difference. One of the great stories of Major League Baseball season where we're kind of watching it on TV right now is Wynton Bernard. 31 years old, 863 games in the minor leagues, gets called up to the majors for the first time last night. 
plays for the Colorado Rockies. There's video of him telling his mother that he finally made it to Major League Baseball. <laughs> got a single last night, stole a base, scored a run. You got to pull for guys like that. He oh, played yeah. 10 years of minor league baseball. That is what you call a baseball lifer, and that's the type of guy that you pull for. Love it. His name is Winton Bernard, and he did make it up. Um, first of all, guys don't usually spend that much time. If you haven't made it after, oh, four or five years, sayonara, gang, you've been cut by somebody. Yep. However, there are those old players who say, hey, look, you don't need to pay me a lot of money. I want to give it one more try, and they'll make a place for you if that happens. The chances of them making it? Pretty remote, but this kid did. That's 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 great. Well, that not only great. did he make it up, he made the best of the situation. That's a great <laughs> first game. That's amazing. Exactly. When we come back, we'll tell you, uh, well, we'll just recap what we're doing here on Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show. We're just a few minutes away from the beginning of the pregame show. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. 93 for a high today under sunny Back sky. To Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. That's what you call premature weather. 93 <laughs> for a high today, sunny skies. Tonight, the low 68 right now, 79 under sunny skies. What is your prediction for today's game, Mr. Reynolds? Not that it matters. Chiefs 27, Chicago Bears 17. Really? You don't think it would be a little more high scoring than that? Uh, a little more exhibition game. free flowing? <laughs> no? Okay. I, I, I think it'll be a, a little more high scoring. What do you think? <gasps> I don't. I think it'll be more like 21 to 10, Chiefs. Really? Yeah. The, the Bears aren't going to put up much of an effort, I wouldn't think, but who knows? I, I, I just, I, I, for some reason, I have a feeling that this game will be a little more high scoring because there won't be an emphasis on defense so much. You very well could be right. What's your prediction for the score? Uh, 35 24 Chiefs. Oh, okay. Ned's, Ned's, uh, Ned's having a. A, a sneezing fit right now, so he's stepping out of the room while he does that. What are you going to watch on TV this afternoon, Josh? I'm going to watch the game, uh, and then after that, I don't know. It depends. If there's another game on, I might watch it too. What, no soccer? No, not today. It's probably already over at this point. They play really early. They do play really this early. live in England. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah. isn't there something else? I mean, Barcelona's on today. Yeah, I don't care about Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Josh. All Premier League or nothing else. All right, Neb will be back next week. We'll, we'll have our show on at 1 o'clock next week as we get set for uh, the Chiefs' second preseason game. Kickoff for that game will be 3 o'clock, but right now we're getting ready to hit our first preseason broadcast of the Kansas City Chiefs right here on your home for the Kansas City Chiefs in Southwest Missouri, 104.7 The Cave. Thanks to Ned Reynolds. Thanks to Josh Roberts, Nick Fury, Brian Tyndall, Corbin Campbell, and Mike the Intern. Enjoy the game.